Hi, everyone. I wanted to open the episode with a little heads up that we'll be going on hiatus for a few months to work on a few other projects, but I'll continue to monitor messages that you send in through the contact link on our webpage, 100writingmistakes.org, so keep your questions and suggestions coming. That'll be a big help to me in planning our next unit of episodes. In the meantime, if you're interested in securing me as a writing coach, having me lead a writing workshop for your faculty group, or contracting me to advise your department on ways to better support faculty writing at your school, you can visit my coaching and consulting website, stephaniedunson.com, to learn more about my services and availability. Now, on with this week's episode. Hi, and welcome to 100 Mistakes Academic Writers Make and How to Fix Them, a podcast for academics and other writers who need to get work done. I'm Stephanie Dunson, PhD, a writing coach and consultant with over 20 years of experience working with faculty at some of the nation's top colleges and universities. My aim in making this podcast is to help you name your challenges and make adjustments that will allow you to develop a sustainable and meaningful writing routine. In each episode, I'll focus on one of what I've observed to be the 100 most common writing challenges faculty members face. Then I'll offer proven fixes that you can adapt to your particular writing routine. Although some of the challenges are unique to academics, most will be familiar to writers of all stripes. Alrighty then, let's get started. Mistake number nine, rereading what you've written too often. Raise your hand when you notice a problem, but not if you're in a car or you might hurt yourself. It's time for you to write. You sit down at your desk, sunlight dappling across the page, cup of tea at the ready. You open your notebook or turn on the computer and start to read what you've written so far. Are you raising your hand yet? You should be, because in this scenario, you've just made one of the most problematic mistakes known to academic kind. You've started your writing session by reading what you've already produced. What? I hear you say. Why would that be a problem? Let me continue. So you start reading through what you've already produced, and as you do, you feel compelled to make corrections and adjustments. Correcting a sentence here, revising a passage there, reworking an argument, going back to check a reference. Is that point clear? You ask yourself. Shouldn't I make that argument earlier in the piece? Maybe I should make the point of reference more apparent. And does any of this really hold together? Before you know it, the time you set aside for writing is almost spent. Or maybe you still do have time for more writing, but now a higher standard is set for any new writing you try to do. Does it match the quality of the earlier writing? Is it clear? Does it resolve any of the problems that you notice when you are reading the material you wrote earlier? If none of this sounds familiar to you, You may have developed a method for starting your writing sessions that works for you. In that case, I invite you to stop listening now, lest you throw a wrench into an engine that's already chugging along nicely. But if you commonly feel that you run out of writing time before you actually get much written, if reading what you've written leaves you feeling overwhelmed or indecisive, in short, if reviewing material you've already generated is pulling you back from moving forward in your writing, Stay tuned. Rereading what you've already produced at the start of a writing session poses problems for three reasons. First, it redirects the generative mindset that best serves new writing to a revision mindset, 
to assessing and fixing, which can be counterproductive to moving your project forward. Second, it leads you to make revisions to writing that might not even make its way into the finished project. And third, it puts pressure on you to generate a quality of new writing that matches the caliber of early writing that you've inadvertently revised to within an inch of its life. One way you can tell if this applies to you is to have a look at the project you're working on. You might find that the opening section is polished to a blinding sheen, while more recent writing portions are just puttering along. That's because reading the earlier section each time has led you to revise the dickens out of it, probably monopolizing a major part of your writing time. By the time you get to new writing, you're likely spent, propelled into a hyper-perfectionistic state, or simply out of time. And looking back on your past writing efforts, you might also recognize a pattern of running short of meeting deadlines, having to generate a mad flurry of activity to complete a project in spite of having seemingly allotted ample time to the work, or just feeling like the final sections of the work fail to meet the standard of earlier portions. In short, you've wasted too much of your precious working time looking backward at what you've written rather than moving forward with what you need to write. So what's the fix? Make reading over your past work and writing new material two distinct and fully separate components of your work time. If you set aside time to write, you should only be writing during that block of time. Reading over and evaluating what you've written should be set aside for a different time in your schedule and done not as frequently as you might imagine. How often should you read your writing? Well, that will vary by writer, by project, and by proximity to the project's completion. That is to say that in the early stages of writing, it generally isn't that vital that you read what you've written too often. After all, you don't know how much of what you're writing will end up in the final version, so tightening it up will likely be a waste of energy. As a project moves toward completion, you'll probably want to read it more often. In short, for writing that's in its generative stage, you probably don't need to read it over more than once a week. Later on, when you get to the point of revising, you might need to read more frequently. And of course, copy editing your work is more a feature of reading than writing, so it's its own thing altogether. Okay, so if it's a bad idea to read your project at the start of the writing session, how else are you supposed to know what you're writing about? Well, I'll talk about that in our next episode. Nah, just kidding. I wouldn't leave you hanging for two weeks to find that out. So I'm just going to roll this episode into the next mistake. Mistake number 10, failing to use writing bookmarks. Okay, so the ostensible reason for rereading what you've previously written at the start of a writing session is to figure out what to write next, right? But what it more likely leads to is you getting drawn into correcting and over-assessing what you've written as a stand-in for getting real work done. So how do you figure out how to more efficiently launch into a writing session? In other words, what's this fix? Let's say you're reading a really good book. It's captivating, engrossing, a real page-turner. But just as you get to a particularly meaty part, you're called away for something you really must attend to. What do you do? You could just close the book, set it aside, and get to the task you're called to do. But when you pick up the book again, you'll have to figure out where you left off, thumbing through pages, rereading passages, until you figure out where you were when you were interrupted. 
But wouldn't it have been more efficient if when you previously laid down the book, you'd inserted a simple bookmark so you could jump in right where you left off? So why not do that when you're writing as well? That is to say, whenever you end a writing session, make a note of exactly what you need to do next. Name the task, articulate the question, point out the way, and be specific about it. That way, when you sit down to write again, you don't need to fish around. You don't need to reorient yourself. You don't have to get sucked into attending to what you've already written. Instead, you can jump right back into the work. Okay, okay, I know a few of you who are distrustful by nature will be wondering, how do I know I'm keeping on track if I'm not rereading what I've written before? What's to keep me from going off on a series of tangents each time I sit down to write? Well, that relates back to the earlier topic. When you have one of those periodic reading days I suggested a few minutes ago, that's when you assess writing you've done over a span of days for cohesiveness, coherence, or opportunity. Which of these three you choose depends on where you are in the process of generating the particular piece of writing you're working on. If you're nearing completion of the piece, your focus will likely be on coherence. That is to decide if the entries you've made on different days make sense together. If you're that far along in generating a piece, there's a very good chance that you maintain unity of thought throughout your daily entries. The reading session, then, will most likely focus on whether your ideas complement one another in service to getting your ideas across. From that reading session, you can identify ways to fine-tune connections, more clearly articulate how the separate entries relate, and determine what bears removal from the piece to ensure clarity. If you're in the middle of the process of generating a piece, your reading day will give you the chance to monitor cohesion between the writing done on separate days. That is, if you're in mid-process, you're more likely to be tending to structural integrity. Do the ideas connect, relate, complement one another. The reading day, in this case, might best be used to consider the arrangement of the ideas you've generated, what lines up, what digresses. If you're still relatively early in the generation of the piece, the reading day can be utilized as a search for opportunities. Looking over the different entries, your objective should be to notice what ideas are emerging, what patterns in your thinking are aligning, what promising gaps can be explored in your upcoming writing sessions, and what compelling questions are arising. Whatever the focus of your writing day, the things you observe may well provide another source of bookmarks to make use of in upcoming writing days. Now, I'm not making any guarantees here because every writer is different. But I will say that over the years, I've had many, many clients say that adopting this pair of adjustments has made a real impact on their overall productivity. They also often comment that this dual fix relieves anxiety about facing the blank page. Because think about it, if you've already spelled out how you need to start, you rarely have to face a blank page. Well, that's today's episode. If this mistake applies to you, try out this fix and let me know how things worked out. Remember, all of the fixes I offer are meant to be flexible interventions. There may be ways you apply my suggestions that look different from what I've described, but that work for you. In that case, it's always terrific to hear the ways you adapt a fix that makes it a more meaningful match for your particular writing routine. Also, I'd love to get you involved once we come back from our break. Let me know if you have a story or a solution you'd like to share for an upcoming episode. You can reach me through the contact link on my webpage, 100writingmistakes.org. If you found this episode helpful, 
give the show a positive rating on your pod platform of choice. Even better, subscribe to automatically receive new episodes when they're posted. This will really help to get the word out about the series. Also, spread the news about the podcast to colleagues and friends you think might benefit, because faculty are the most underserved writers on any college campus. And with your help, I want to change that. See you in a few months.